All right, folks, welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am here excited to be chatting with my guy, Swipe a Cam. This is Weekends with Swipe edition of the show. We are chatting. We are having a good time. We have had some fun prepping for this podcast. We didn't know what, what we were going to do for today, but we got some fun stuff in the pipeline. Uh, but first of all, Swipe, how you doing, my guy? I see you're rocking the championship gear. Hey, look, you know, not everybody can live this dream. Not everybody can be in this place. Life of a champion. If you haven't been there, I can tell you when you get there, it feels great. It's a wonderful experience uh, being able to say that the team that you correctly predicted in July of 2022 wins the NBA championship. And as you can see, you get adorned in NBA finals gear, repping uh, the NBA champion uh, Denver Nuggets, not the Colorado Avalanche, not the Denver Broncos, not the Mammoth, not the Colorado Rapid. Uh, we are talking about the Denver Nuggets. So uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a it's been a good last two weeks, uh, brother Ron. I don't know if y'all see that. That's a that'd be a uh, Larry O B. Larry O B. in Denver, Colorado. Big old Larry O B. right there. It's 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 really cool to be able to see Denver obviously bring the title home. And I don't know if you saw my my feed last night on Twitter, but I was having a little bit of fun with. Uh, yeah. With uh, some some of the responses I got to my my Lakers uh, tweet about the Rui Hachimura adjustment because that shit got flamed on, on Twitter very very strongly and um, <laughs> in the end one of us was laughing and it was it was definitely not the Lakers fans but man it's it's been a lot of fun we've we've definitely enjoyed our time and and we're gonna we're gonna keep enjoying our time uh, had some drama unfold on Twitter uh, over like I think it was Friday was it like just just. Friday yeah, night. Friday. Oh, uh, yes, Friday, Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot, a lot of, a lot of interesting stuff, but just, just popping up on Friday, and we can, we'll get to that in just a little bit. But I do want to start this show. We're a Nugget centric show, obviously. We're going to talk about the Denver Nuggets and and what happened over the course of this week, which was the NBA draft, and and I just wanted to get Swiper's impression first and foremost of the 2023 NBA draft class for for these Denver Nuggets. Uh, obviously, Denver takes Julian Strother. They take Jalen Pickett. They take Hunter Tyson in the twenty-nine to thirty-seven range for for these drafts. Uh, what what do you think of the class? Yeah, so it's interesting when we got to about twenty, pick twenty. In my mind, I'm like, all right, you know, Cam Whitmore is falling. Um, I legit thought there was a chance that if Cam Whitmore kept sliding to like 24, 25, Calvin Booth was going to be like, all right, if no one else will, I guess I will. Uh, and trade up and get him. Um, but I thought that it was a really interesting draft. Uh, it's so many players that I think people had mock drafted the Nuggets for available at 29 and even also at 32 that you kind of figured that if, well, if they're going to get one of these players, uh, they have a chance to get two of them. And I actually like Julian Strother. So, you know, he's six foot seven, 208 pounds, a six nine and a quarter wingspan. Eight and a quarter hand size and an eight and nine standing reach. He's an excellent pull-up shooter, an excellent cutter. He's a winner at Gonzaga, and he fits the archetype for the players that Calvin Booth likes. Again, he's a wing. He's tall. He's long. He plays within the system. He was a junior. He's an older, more developed player. And man, when I went back and watched some of his film for the last few days, 
The dude is a sniper. He's a certified sniper. He doesn't have quite a Sean Marion-level push shot, but it's like leaning in that area. But I really love how quickly he gets the ball off. And then even his slashing, like he's not the most explosive at the rim player, but he can get to the rim. And that little push shot that he does from anywhere from that Rashawn Holmes, Nikola Jokic-esque area is lethal for a three-point shooter. So I actually really like that pick. Um, I compare uh, Jalen Pickett to Kyle Lowry, and meaning mm-hmm. like unconventional S-point guard, not like this over-the-top explosive athleticism, but somebody who – it's funny. So Kevin O'Connor had him ranked at 60, I think, in his, in his board. But he said after the end of the draft that if he knew Jalen was going to go to a system that – you know, he has these flaws. But if you go to a system that really doesn't matter if you have flaws, they're just going to maximize your strength. He said he probably would have – he would have had Jalen Pickett at about 30 to 32 where he was drafted if he knew he was going to the Nuggets because of this fit. So I really like him. He's been interesting to watch as well. And the one I haven't gotten to as much, but I'm you know learning more about is Hunter Tyson, six foot eight, about 215 pounds. Uh, he averaged 15 and 10 last year and shot 40 and a half percent from three. And again, another sniper. And he has like some beyond NBA three point line uh, level uh, shooting. And then also on top of that, he's not explosive, but he can get to the rim and he can finish at a, at a decent level as well. Let's talk about Strother first. Um, I was I was very interested in that pick. Uh, my brother's a UCLA guy. Mm. Uh, he he went to UCLA, so he he had his season ended, uh, and and UCLA did by by Julian Strother and that that crazy shot that he hit in the tourney. And, and having players that are capable of doing that, having guys that are willing to take those shots and and have the confidence to be able to take those shots in those moments, especially one like deep behind the arc is, is really, really cool. Really, really impressive. Uh, He's not a great athlete. That's, that's something that Denver's going to have to figure out and he's probably not the best defender right now. So that's going to take a little bit of time with him, but I mean, Denver, they've got their defensive guys. And and that was pretty much a theme. I I think of this draft classes, you've, you had your defensive guys in Christian Brown and Peyton Watson you're going to play them next year, but maybe you've got offensive guys in the pipeline now. You've got different players that you can mix and match off the bench because the starting lineup is all locked down. You don't, you don't right. have to worry about touching the starting lineup right now. You've got to worry about mixing and maxing, uh, mixing and matching pieces off your bench. So that that's where that's where I thought about it uh, with Julian Strother specifically. Uh, Jalen Pickett is a unique one. I'm still trying to get a handle on on what he's going to do, how he's going to handle it, but. Uh, I do think, I mean, if, if you're going to bet on a unique player, then putting them in a rotation with Nikola Jokic is not a bad idea. Right. Uh, just what they, but Denver knows how to handle unique talents. They know how to handle and add to unique players. And the great thing about Jokic specifically is he will get the most out of just about everybody that he plays with. And if he sees Pickett as a guy who's going to bully smaller players, he's going to try to get him an opportunity to bully smaller players. And, and really put him in a position to succeed. And, and Pick is also just a really smart guy that they're going to be able to handle that. They are right. going to be able to handle all of those things. And I'm looking forward to uh, everything that kind of comes with that. So uh, and we'll, we'll see what actually comes of that. That was the one that I thought was a little bit more curious than the other picks. But prototypical stretch four, fine. Like, we'll, we'll see what happens. If you can shoot, if you can hit 40% for free. Uh, then, then we will just have to see that. That could be find out. Uh, sorry, guys, the internet. I-
Uh-oh. Yeah. No, it's it's good, bro. So here's the thing. So when I was looking through some of this film and watching some of these players, I was trying to get a feel of like how they're going to be utilized. Now I'm not going to lie. I actually think Julian Strother, I think it's going to be the most legitimate one. Like you can see him playing between Christian Brown and Peyton Watson, but I'm not going to lie to you. I think that Jalen Pickett has a real role on this team. Now the interesting thing about Jalen. Now, again, if you haven't had a chance to watch him yet, y'all, I highly suggest you go watch his film. Um, they had, there's a whole big 10 breakdown of him and some of the games that he played in, but he is the reason I say Kyle Lowry. He's just a player that it doesn't physically make any sense. Like, it doesn't make any sense why he's as good as he is. Like, but if you watch his game, the dude can shoot. He's a good defender. He's about six foot three ish. Apparently, he's, you know, he listed at six foot four, um, but he's strong. He's a player that you can see being a good screen setter, a good cutter, a decent level floor spacer. By the way, Ryan, his pick and roll numbers relative to college basketball are actually very good. He's a really good pick and roll player as well. So, Man, I'm not going to lie. I can see him being a really functional point guard off the bench. And then, obviously, if he needs to play with Jokic and Murray as well, I think there's going to be some things they could do. He could end up being one of the surprises of the NBA draft. We'll find out. We'll find out together. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Sorry, trying to trying to figure out this internet situation on my end. But uh, uh, I think in general, like, that's that's one where I'm really hoping. I'm, I'm really hoping that – it surprises everybody because I know I was surprised when I saw that pick come through initially and, and Calvin Booth, he just, he's, he's very convicted on on what he actually does. So I I know that he's going to continue to add to that group and we'll we'll see whether, whether he can actually continue to add these, these interesting, unique talents, these interesting, unique players Um, real quick draft pick, most likely to contribute next season. If no Bruce Brown, I think it's going to be Jalen. Um, but if Jalen, if Bruce Brown maybe resigns, who knows? Um, I think it could be Julian. But uh, we'll just have to see. I think the thing with Julian is he's going to have to learn quickly defensively. That's going to be his biggest thing. Like, offensively, he's going to be able to fit in. But you know, Wings in Denver, you have to play at a very high level uh, because you're going to be asked to do a lot, especially on rotations, backside help. The Nuggets are playing up at the level. And even in drop, you know, you got to get your rotation stuff correct. You don't want You don't want him – Again, early in the season, I think I think he's going to get as much time um, near near what the time was that uh, maybe Christian Brown got early just to get him going in the rotation. But again, that depends on what they do in free agency. If they bring back a couple wings or a wing, then he might not. Um, but I think he's going to get some time early in the year. I think there's there's definitely an argument for both of those guys, um, Julian Strother, Jalen Pickett, like. I don't know whether Jalen Pickett's actually going to get that full-time contract. I assume that he will, but given that there are now three two-way contracts that you're supposed to fill, Denver's got a championship roster that they're trying to bring back. Like, I think there's at least a possibility that both he and Hunter Tyson are two ways, in which case it's, it's hard to game plan for those guys playing in the playoffs because they're actually not allowed at that point. So I'm I'm at least a little bit I I think it's more likely that Strother plays consistently right. just because he's got that first round guaranteed contract. But we'll find out. We'll we'll find out together. If I I also think that Strother just may not play because the defense is going to take some time. So right. that's where that's where I'm at with that. Um, does the draft affect free agency for you in any way? 
mm, the positions that I was looking at for the Nuggets, no. Um, but they also, they're, I think they're going to add a wing anyway, but I think they're going to definitely add at the guard spot, um, depending on what happens with Bruce. But no, I think it gives them more versatility. I think that's what they're looking for. I think with the draft, they're looking for versatile players that can play in and, in and out of different schemes, that can play up and down uh, defensively. Um, I don't think this is going to affect them much because I think they know they still need to add one or two more veterans to this team to make sure they're continuing to build around championship-level role players in, this, in Jokic and Murray and MPJ and Gordon. Yeah, I, th- I, think, I think you're right about that. I think it's – to me, it's more likely that the players that they added are the – 12th 13th and 14th man on the roster as opposed to uh a 10th 11th and 12th um just because like they they want these veteran contributors they want guys that you know that michael malone is going to trust in the playoffs and Mm -hmm. with bringing in rookies you just never know and maybe they do end up developing into that like a christian brown but uh, we're going to find out we're going to find out together um real quick before we hit a break Bruce Brown, we want to see him back. He's an important piece of this. I do know that like that there's there's a lot of question marks on whether he's actually going to get the money that, that he wants to actually leave if, if he were to leave, but I don't know whether he's going to find that perfect deal, but let's say he does. Let's let's say he does figure it out. Who are some players that that you may have on your mind, uh, free agent trade that that could actually replace Bruce Brown? And because I, I don't think that Denver can go into this year thinking Jalen Pickett is going to do that. Yeah. So if anybody follows me on Twitter, um, you know, I have a, I have love affair players. I have players that I think are just better than what everybody is aware of. They know about 2020 going into the draft. It was Sadiq Bay out of Villanova. I wanted to six foot seven sharpshooter. Uh, this year, Cam Whitmore is falling. I'm just like, what are we doing? Like, just great athlete, right? Like, great player. You can explosive. Um I think, and then even Bruce Brown, matter of fact, Bruce Brown last year before he got signed in day two, just, I was just, you know, Twitter typing, like, got to get Bruce. Bruce is an excellent player. For me, right now at this iteration, Nikhil Alexander-Walker would be my primary 1,000% shadow, no shadow of a doubt. I want him on my roster by almost any means necessary. Now, he's a restricted free agent. He's not going to come. The Wolves are going to resign him. They're not stupid. But Nikhil Alexander-Walker is 6'6", six 205 pounds, 6'9", wingspan. He's a combo guard and elite with elite defensive potential. He's only 24, Ryan, 24. And then he's a decent shooter, 34%, 40%. And then he can play with or without Jamal Murray. He's a yeah. great, great young player. I love Nikhil Alexander-Walker. He'd be number one. But then following up on that list, more likely options. Lon Wright, obviously out of D.C., uh, tall, lanky good defender decent shooter can get some rim pressure can play make he's just a good player like a good quality player that used to obviously be a toronto raptor uh he's a really good player um i like chris dunn i said that in the bleacher report trade option video if anybody saw that a really cheap option with the utah jazz he's a good defender came into the league as a defender he had a couple triple doubles uh, also, and he's really, really, really good to end the season. He had like wild 20-point games or something like that. Like just really, really like solid player. And then obviously Dorian uh, – not Dorian. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. is another option. Dennis Smith Jr. is one of the best defenders in the NBA. Uh, he is mad explosive, mad explosive. And he can be a good bench option because he gets to the rim. He can spot up at times. He's a good enough ball handler to be a secondary guard off the bench. 
But then on top of that, you need a player that's able to defend at a high level. So those would be the four options. It'd be Nikhil Alexander-Walker in Tier 1. It would be DeLon Wright, Chris Dunn, and then Dennis Smith Jr. for me. Good names. And and I think you've got a good grasp on, on the kind of player that Denver needs if, if Bruce does end up leaving. You need somebody who can handle the ball a little bit, but you also need somebody that won't be taken advantage of defensively. And a lot of those guys are, are actually like massive impact options on the defensive end. And we'll, we'll see whether the offense translates enough. I, I think with Bruce, that was at least a little bit of a question what his offensive role would be. He ended up having a career year. He ended up shooting really well. And, and finding a, a great option, whether it's at the point at the backup point guard spot or as like a backup small forward where he's, he's just kind of replacing Michael Porter. You need a guy who's versatile. So I, I've got a couple of guys like that, and they're, they're entirely different from the names that you have. Dante DiVincenzo of mm. Golden State, uh, he's probably not going to get re-signed there. And the reason why is because it's, he's going to be too expensive. They got him on a bargain deal this last time, but with this second a- second apron thing, like all, all the financial stuff, like he's a player that I watched in the playoffs and was like, that dude can play. That dude's really good, really smart, and does a lot of things for a team. Yeah, And they're not going to be able to get him back. So if he still wants to play for a contender that can just throw out the taxpayer MLE at him, that's somebody I'm looking at. I'm like, okay, he can fit. Like just mm-hmm. whatever it is, he can, he can fit with whatever the Nuggets need. Uh, the next is Ayo DeSuman from Chicago, like restricted free agent, probably not going to be let go. But he's a guy that like I was really impressed with him over the course of his year and, mm-hmm. and over the course of his rookie season, especially. And then he kind of fell out of the rotation a little bit because they don't have a great setup for him. Denver has a way better setup for Ayo DeSuman to really shine. So mm-hmm. he's, he's somebody that I'd be like, OK, OK, a really strong defender somebody who's still young and developing kind of like a Nikhil Alexander Walker in that way. That's, that's somebody that I'd have a, an eye. Right. And How then big uh, is say it again. How big is Ayo? He's six, five. So He's like six, five. Yeah. I didn't realize he was that tall. Like they, that, that's at least what he was listed at. I think right. so. In he's he's a little bit skinnier, but like, I mean, that he's good point of attack defender and somebody who could right. get around screens a little bit. So I, I'd be, I'd be pretty impressed with, with that addition. Uh, and then the last one is is different. It's Patrick Beverly, uh, mm-hmm. kind of off the radar a little bit for a lot of people. But yeah. if you're looking for somebody who adds some of that swagger, adds some of that attitude that Bruce Brown had while playing strong defense and can do some things offensively, I, I would look at Pat Bev. He's not like I'm not a fan of watching him all the time, but if he's on your team, then like it's probably a little bit better. He's so. a winner. Like he's a winner. He was like that with the Clippers. He was like that with Chicago. I think this year really was a redemptive year. Again, when Patrick Beverly and Alice Caruso were on the court, the Bulls were top building in one of the best defenses in the NBA this year. He's just like that. No, he's, he's a, a great piece. So mm-hmm. we, we're going to have plenty of options. I think the, the great thing about these lists is I just listed Dante DiVincenzo, Ayo DeSumo, Patrick Beverly. You just listed Nikhil Alexander-Walker, DeLon Wright, Dennis Smith Jr., and who was the other one? Uh, DeLon Wright, Dennis Smith Jr., and Chris uh, Dunn. the other one, Chris Dunn. Yeah. Chris Dunn. So like that's seven different guys and at, probably right. at seven different prices. So I, I think that Denver will have an option. Even if Bruce Brown leaves, they're going to want Bruce Brown back. I think everybody wants Bruce Brown back. But what Nuggets fans have to, I think, realize is that there are players that could be available. And especially for the NBA champions, you're, you're probably going to want people that come to play with you, that, that want to go make more money elsewhere. 
Right. And, but they do it after having that Bruce Brown year where they, they make more money. So I think, uh, I think there's a, there's at least an option there for a lot of people. And I think, I think the nuggets are going to get some, they're going to get some options there. We've got some other names in the comments, like Gabe Vincent, Javon Carter, Nas Reed. Like there, there's, there's a lot of players that I think all nuggets fans could be pretty happy with. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about uh, Mishix from uh, Serbia? Since he's going to to play in the NBA apparently. Yeah, I mean, he, he wants a, a larger contract. He'd be a smart backup point guard to add, and like he'd be he'd be a great piece, uh, a, a veteran piece that I think the Nuggets would would like to have. But you're gonna have to give something up to OKC in order to trade for his rights. Right. I don't think the Nuggets really want to do that. They've they've made so many trades with OKC. Like I, I figured that if if it was to happen already, it would have been in one of the previous seventeen trades that they made with OKC. But right. I just don't think it's gonna happen. Yeah, um, I don't really see that one happening. I do think, again, Calvin has an archetype. But, you know, we'll see. You know, he might do something surprising or whatever else it is. Uh, which, let me ask you this. If, if if there was a rookie, which rookie would you think would be have the best chance of kind of copying what Christian Brown was able to do this last season for the Nuggets? Like on the Nuggets or, or some on other the, team? On the Nuggets. Uh, it's probably Pickett. If, if I'm being honest, like, I, I don't think it's Strother. I, I think that he's probably somebody that needs a little bit of time to get seasoned defensively. Right. Um, but I do think that Pickett's one of those players that if he's super smart, if he knows where to be every single time, even if he's not always making shots or always making an impact offensively, I think the Nuggets are going to be pretty happy with somebody like that. Just steady his ship. You know what you're going to get every single time. If that's what Jalen Pickett is, then that's that's a, a great option to have within your rotation. Right. I agree with that. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, I think free agency. When did free agency open up? June 30th is when we're, we're going to start hearing all the rumors. So that's in five days. Right. So, yeah. Uh, so everybody be prepared uh, at 12.01 whenever it opens up. Uh, be prepared. DeAndre Jordan come back in on one year. Hell yeah. Let's go. Let's go. That's my guy. That's my guy right there. You know, I, I had that exact same reaction when he got signed on the on the one year deal the last time. So <laughs> that is that is not true. But all good. Let's uh everybody, let's take a break. When we come back, we're gonna we're gonna hop in on on this this interesting Kevin Durant stuff that happened over this week and 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 rank our top 10 players in the NBA today. Should be very fun. But first. Everybody, this podcast is brought to you by Superbook Sports. They're changing the game, and they're helping your bets stay hot this summer at Superbook, the most trusted name in sports gambling with a direct line to Las Vegas. And now when you use the promo code MILEHIGH, you score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, Superbook will match your first bet up to $250 with promo code MILEHIGH. Download the Superbook Sports app now and use promo code MILEHIGH. They will set you up in a great way. Uh, you'll get 250 bucks courtesy of Superbook Sports. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. Pickaxe and roll. Ryan Blackburn here, joined by my guy Swipe a Cam. As we are now going to do the, the fun thing that everybody's here for, 
we're going to rank all these players. We're going to we're going to rank the top of the league. Uh, but first, I want to kind of set this up. What the hell happened, man? Like, like what what was going on that everybody thought? Yeah, we're 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 gonna go after Kevin Durant now. Like, like who, whose idea was this, and uh, and and why why was he showing up to defend himself personally? <laughs> right. So, if anybody is aware, uh, a lot of YouTuber YouTube fans in here and uh, Players Choice fans, uh, Legend of Winning is one of the more well known YouTubers. Period. Um, you know, he has a large platform, foot over the line. Um, has his own Legend of Winning platform. I mean, just like over five hundred thousand subscribers, I think altogether. Been making videos for years. Um, you know, everybody knows B Souls, all that other stuff. You connect all these people. So, Legend on Player's Choice basically was arguing that the only reason Kevin Durant's a top five player is because people make excuses for him, um, that they don't make for other players, which is why people think he's top five. But if you just look at his, his game, it's mostly his scoring gravity and his bucket making that makes him a top five player, but you can't actually point to anything else. So, what happened was he started going back and forth. The KD responded to the video on Twitter. And KD has something to say about him. Basically, what other standard do you feel like I'm being held to? So then Lowe started the space. Now, everybody knows, uh, you know, a lot of people, like, they don't realize this. Like, for especially for many of us that are content creators, we hang out in public. So, like, a lot of people, like, we just do spaces together. because That's where we can talk. And then you can get people involved in the conversation. And then you also, you get to increase your following, your YouTube. Like, everything grows through spaces. That's, the, that's another conversation. Though. So we're, he's having this conversation. I get involved. Because he then says that somebody like Joel Embiid is a better player than Kevin Durant because you can point to more things that he does better than KD. And, and then I jumped in the conversation saying, no, if you're going to tear down Kevin Durant because of a lack of playoff success or because outside of scoring gravity, he doesn't have a lot of things to his name, well, then you can do the same thing for Embiid. So we started going back and forth. And then I defended KD in that segment. But I don't even think KD is like a solidified one, like a championship level one at this point in his career. I said it the other day. I think it's Jokic, Giannis, Steph, Luka. And then everybody else, it's up for debate. I think LeBron, if he was healthy, is there. I think if Kawhi Leonard was healthy, he'd be there. Long story short, Lowe and I start going back and forth. And then all of a sudden, Kevin Durant wants to get involved in the conversation because his name was obviously, the title is Kevin Durant is not a top five player. So Kevin Durant pops into space. And then, you know, it just starts turning into, well, People asking him questions about rim pressure, about some of his deficiencies, this and that. So at some point in time, some point in time, I asked Kevin Durant, what do you think? Because he said that you just know some players are good. You know some players are bad. So I asked him, what do you think makes certain players better than others in high stakes moments, playoff settings, finals, things like that? He then gave a really articulate response. And then I asked him after that, I said, so when you think of yourself, you think that when you start missing shots in the game, playoff setting versus the Denver Nuggets versus the Boston Celtics, that it's just you missing shots. And it's not a matter of the team you're playing against or the defense. Now, he said that sometimes he doesn't have the space in the paint to shoot, which we all thought was interesting because the Suns have a spaced out offense outside of DeAndre Ayton. And he's not a paint clogger either. So, like, you know, whatever. And then with the Brooklyn Nets, it's like, well, you had Kyrie and and, 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 and Joe Harris all on your team. So, I, you know, I, that still didn't make any sense. Because we could have went down to 2015-16 when they were up 3-1 to the Golden State Warriors, and then he played bad in game six and seven and right. missed a bunch of shots. But we didn't we didn't do all that. So I wanted to dive into his mind, though, because I want to know how you actually think. I want to know what makes you think the way you do on a court. How do you process that? Because then that way that gives me an answer. 
this is why you think this about yourself or why you think this about other players. Because if you ask me, if somebody asked me, why is Kevin Durant not a solidified top three player in the NBA? Even though, and Ryan, you remember this. First 47 games of the year, Ryan, when he was, especially with the Nets, people were making the argument then that he was the best player in the world. Remember, he was averaging 36, 7. He was shooting 55% from the field, 40% from the line, and 97% from the free from the oh, free yeah. Oh, yeah. My thing is like, yeah, that's great. And again, Jason Temp, love Jason Temp. We've done videos together, all this stuff. He had KD saying he was arguably the best player in the world. My whole thing is like, look, but if you throw him into a vacuum, Jokic, I think clears KD because I think Jokic is just as good of a scorer as he is. And he does it differently, and it's easier to get to his buckets. I think Steph is clearly better than KD. I think that Giannis is better than KD, even though Giannis had a more of a down year. I think Embiid in the regular season, fine, but I don't think Embiid better in the playoff. That's why I think I think where KD is. He's a five-ish top player in the league, but you could make arguments for other guys. So anyway, that's where all that stuff came up in the conversation, and that's why – you know, he said that he stopped caring about rankings once he got the OKC. But, you know, we don't necessarily agree, believe that because, you know, he's had we've had these conversations before. But anyway, that, that's the context. Oh, he's, he's stopped caring about it. Is that right. is that it? OK, right. Uh, it's it's so funny. Like he he may be the most unique personality in the NBA. And, and that like Jokic is up there in terms of like how he carries himself and, and what he cares about it versus not caring about. But KD is so different and so interesting. Like he's the only guy who's, who's actually going out into the weeds and like defending his honor, like, uh, ver- like against the plebs against like the, the, the uh, us, us YouTube or like media people, or even just random fans who are just arguing and, and just, just having fun, interesting conversations. And no, no other player is doing what he's doing right now. Just, going out and defending himself and, and, and trying, trying to at least have an honest conversation with people in that regard. And I I think he was trying to have an honest conversation. And to your point, I think some people took it more seriously than others in terms of like trying to get the most out of Kevin Durant while he was there. You asked some great questions, not sure a lot of other people asked great questions of him. Uh, But it is interesting to think about, what he values versus uh, maybe, maybe what other people value. And, and I think we've seen so much of his personality kind of up over the course of his career and how it's shifted. Like back in OKC, he, he was, I think probably his happiest in general, just, just in, uh, now that's, that's me projecting obviously, but uh, there, there's just seems like there's a lot of this drama that's followed him around basically ever since he made the move to golden state uh, basically ever since he really got hurt in OKC the, for the first time and really, really started having those expectations after winning the MVP. Um, there, there's a lot there. There's a lot to think about. But um, it is it is fascinating to think about the kinds of players that are at the top and how different they are. And and I see people on, on both sides of this conversation. Is Kevin Durant the top five player? And I can make arguments. I can throw out stats. I can I can do all these things. I can say, hey, you showed up in the playoffs versus not showing up the league's in a really great place right now from a talent perspective. And just because you're the seventh best player versus the third best player, I don't think it's like that crazy for anybody. Like it it should be, everybody should feel pretty good about where the talent is in in the NBA right now. And like, I know that there's a little bit of a changing of the guard in terms of the, the younger players and the younger generation popping up, but he's 34. He's going to turn 35. Like, uh, the fact that he's even in these conversations right now after an Achilles tear and after all of the injuries that he's sustained throughout his career is insane. Mm-hmm. So it shouldn't be offensive to anybody that he's not in like at that ultimate level, but 
the fact that he's even having this conversation is is pretty impressive. Right. Yeah, I mean, KD's a I, – I think I have KD as top 14 or 12 player of all time. He's right next to, like, Oscar Robertson and, like, Kevin Garnett and all of them for me. So, like, right. I mean, he's a great player. Like, I, I love him. I think he's spectacular. He averaged 30 points a game at 21 years old in 2009, basically, you know, in a – uh, much more physical era, you can you can argue where the spacing wasn't what it needs to be. So, uh, yeah, he's a great player, man. I think that there's a lot of conversation to be had about him. I just think that, like, you know, even going into this year, I think people the mysticism of Kevin Durant is a real thing. I think Kevin Durant as a score, um, OKC, uh, Golden State, and then obviously with Brooklyn and now with the Phoenix Suns, I think people have this idea of what KD is, and I think he's a marvelous player. So it's not a disrespect at all. I just think that. There are just some things about his game that you can say that there are some things that he needs to work on. But there are some players that are younger than him that are just more well-rounded as basketball players than what he is. But just just only a few of them, though. Yeah, it's not it's not like it's not like we're we're picking the entire league over him right now. Like there's there's there is a very small handful of guys that are like right. in their prime that are that are ahead of him and like some generational talents, obviously. And I have I have four MVP wins in my top 10 ahead of Kevin Durant right now. So mm. like that's it's not like it's not like any we're, we're not pulling crazy shit right now. <laughs> like it's just these are really good people. So right. let's uh let's get into it, man. Like I I'm I'm curious where you ended up ranking him. Uh let's rank our top 10 players. Would you like me to go first or, or would you, you want like to start to at 10 out? and work down or you want to say the whole list? What do you want to do? It yeah, you know, I think we should start top at the top and then work to the bottom. Uh, well, actually, you know what? We'll, we'll, I'll, I'll follow your lead, whatever you decide. Uh, you know what? It might be easy to work at the top because I think we can probably agree on the first few. So let's yeah. do that. So number one for me, um, you know, I barely put him there just because there's no proof that Serbians are actually that good at basketball. Let's be honest. <laughs> um, I got Nikola Jokic, I think a player averaging 30, 15, and 10 based over the course of a playoff run. Um, on all-time efficiency, uh, I think that might be – I think I got his playoff run right behind, I think, 92 Jordan, 95 Akeem, maybe 2018 Braun. He didn't finish the job, though. So, like, Shaq in 2001. I mean, I'm just thinking in the last 30 years, 91 Jordan maybe. I mean, it, I'm thinking in the last 30 years, 33 years, where would I put this run? I, I legit think there's an argument. I will put it top six or top seven. It was that good. I was uh, I was on Slam, the, the show that Ahmad Smith does. Uh, shout out to Ahmad. Uh, and I compared his run to 2000 Shaq, 2003 Tim Duncan, and 2011 okay. Dirk. Like those are those are the three modern ones that I think when you when you think about big men, when you think about the guys that really stand up above the rest, like what what he just did was unbelievable and and deserves to be credited as such. So whether it's right. better than that, whether it's worse than that, I don't really know, but I think they're similar in in that regard. Uh, but yeah, I also have Joker at the top. I think that that's pretty unequivocal at this point. And, and he deserves that placement, whether he's whether he stays there after this upcoming season or not. That remains to be seen. But I, I don't see any reason why he would give it up. I mean, I, but again, I, I've publicly publicly have made the argument that Jokic was the best player in the league since I want to say about I think mm, February or March 2022 before he won his second MVP. Um, so I think he's this is going to be his age 28 season. He's coming off of a championship. And if you look at what Jordan did, because, you know, and LeBron did, after winning a ring, it does something to you. Like your status around the league, 
yourself. Now all you're playing for is legacy. Everything else is – this is like butter. Now it's like how good can you get? That is freaking scary for somebody like Joker. So I'm excited. I love it. I love it. Let's go down. I have Giannis at two. I I think that that's a tough one for a lot of people, yeah. um, given the way that he just wrapped it up. But I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that the back injury really affected him. Like that's I'm, I'm going to wait to see how it goes, and, and we're going to have to figure that out. But because we're doing regular season plus playoffs with this list, like I think that Giannis really affects both. And I debated between two and three, but I don't think you can put Giannis any lower than three. Yeah, two, I have Steph Curry. Um, so remember, I, I've ranked 10 players every month this year because I want to track, I want to publicly track what I'm doing. Yeah. Steph Curry in December was my number one player in the NBA because he was averaging 29, six and six on 68% true shooting. It was stupid. Yeah, like he was going insane. And then he had the injury. But Steph was incredible this entire season. Uh, first team all NBA worthy. He missed games, so which is why he didn't make first team again. Uh, but then, you know, I think that his playmaking, his scoring, his gravity, I think what he did for the Golden State off the Golden State offense was awful without him, and it was mid with him. Now, some of that is just because of the roster construction. I think the fact that they lost. Uh, you know, maybe, you know, their second best coach. Some people were Warriors fans think he was their first best coach, Mike Brown, but whatever. Um, I think that affected them a lot. But the thing about Giannis and Steph, so I, yeah, I, I have Steph at two. Um, and then we, we'll get into the next conversation when you give your number three. I also have Steph at three. Um, so I have Jokic, Giannis, Steph. That's my top three. You have Jokic, Steph, Giannis, I, I think. I think. Is that a... Oh, 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 man. <laughs> wow, that's an interesting one. Uh, okay, well, yeah, I, I mean, I have those three at the top. I think that they are – I think they're the three that you can trust the most consistently yeah. between the regular season and playoffs. And like, you, you know that they're going to get their teams to the playoffs. You know that they're going to get their teams and, and, and show up in those situations. Um, I think that Giannis is – I think that he's going to have to go through a little bit of a metamorphosis here, but I, I think that after this last failure, which was definitely not a failure, uh, <laughs> I, I think uh, he is probably going to show up and, and try to destroy worlds this, this next regular season of playoffs. And I just believe that he will do that. So we will, we'll see what yeah. it is, but you sounds like you don't have Giannis at three. No, I have Giannis at three. I was oh, okay. <laughs> uh, you know, I've said consensus they're the two best players in the league, Jokic and Giannis, for again a year and a half. But I think that – see, this thing, right, I, the whole year I was – even, you know, going into February, I had Embiid as – that in season, just the season, I had Embiid playing better than Giannis. Because remember, Giannis sucked offensively for a large part of the year. And people were blaming Chris Middleton and stuff. And I'm saying, like, I get that for sure. But at the end of the day, like, if, you know, Richard Jefferson on television, on NBA Today, said that – just like Jokic, Giannis is a 10 on offense in the middle of all this stuff happening. And yet Giannis has never led an elite offense in his career. So that's why I was always confused about that. Um, you know, so th here's my thing. I think Giannis is arguably the second or first, depending on who you are, best player in the world the last several years. I think that the thing about it is, though, that that offensive deficiency, the lack of spacing he creates, the if he can't get to the rim, he can't shoot. 
poor mid-range shooter this year. He was 41% as, as Hoop Venue likes to bring up in 2021. Uh, can't shoot free throws. And again, Ryan, I don't care if back injury or not, he ran from the basketball to close out it the happened. game. It happened. He almost oh threw it out of bounds. Yeah. I'm saying, now Steph, Steph did in the Lakers series, he turned the ball over, but but he turned it over because he thought he had somebody like at the wing and he threw it over his head. That's yeah. different. Steph has never just ran from the basketball. He literally, Giannis, got the ball and almost threw it out of bounds. So, yeah. but Kitty knows his deficiencies, but I think Giannis is incredible. Like he could end the, you know, he could, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna put up another 30 and 10 and 5 season because he's that good. But, you know, we'll just have to see. And again, now, Brian, by the way, people are calling in the question that playoff run because they played against, uh, in the, who did they, they played in the first round that year, 2021. Like Chicago or something? That was uh, 2022. Who did they okay. play in the first round 2021? Because they played the Nets in the second round, and they played against oh, the Hawks. Didn't they lose to one of, like, Orlando or Toronto or one of the – or, like, they lost a game at the first round and, like – That was the – yeah. Uh, I got to go look through that up. But <laughs> Yeah. But remember that year, they, yeah. they beat the, the Nets. Somebody – if y'all remember, if y'all can look it up, 2021, who they played in the first round. But remember, yeah. 2021, they beat the Nets with no Harden and Kyrie. And yeah. then they beat the Atlanta Hawks in the Eastern Conference Finals. And then they beat the Heat. They played the Heat. Yeah, because remember, the Heat were injured, but they were injured that year. Jimmy Butler had a back injury. Yeah. And then they beat the, the Suns. And we've seen the Suns haven't beaten anyone healthy in the playoffs. So I think that's the thing. It's like even then, so in 2022, second round, what happened? His offensive game flamed out in game seven. Again, I didn't fully blame him for that. Like he had 40, well, 44, 20, and six in game six. And then he had 25, 20, and uh, nine. In game seven, but he didn't make, he made, he made like two shots or whatever it was in the second half. <laughs> so, but that's what I mean, man. Like, I think there just needs to be some, some more, you know, nuance to it. But again, I, I think Giannis is an incredible player. He's incredible. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about it, but th- this is why this is so difficult because everybody right. has flaws. Jokic has probably the fewest flaws of any of these, of these guys, but. Oh, wait, right. Hold on. Time out. That's what I'm going to ask you. Oh God. <laughs> Who of all the superstars, who do you think – because I asked this on Twitter, and I think the question came back with, between two people. Which superstar do you think has the least amount of exploitable flaws at this point in time in their career? I mean, I think it's probably Jokic or Steph. Like, the, it's one of those two. Uh, Kawhi is another one that, like, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit lower on Kawhi in general on, on this on this list, and we're gonna we're gonna figure we're we're gonna talk about it at the, towards the towards the back half of this top ten, but. I, I do think that he he's a guy like in that general range you could say. Right. Durant should be in that conversation, but like I think we've seen you can't pass the ball. Yeah, there there are I you know I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that he can't. I think that mm. he that he just wants to be able to rise up over guys in the mid range and then gets a little bit crossed up like that. But um yeah, it's probably it's probably those three, Jokic, Curry, and and Kawhi. Yeah, I think I think I will now based on this playoff. I mean, it's Jokic for me, but I think Steph is right there. Like, yeah, that twenty-two playoff run. Like, yeah, it's just you can try to hunt him if you want, but you got to have a LeBron to hunt him. I think that's the point. Yeah, the only the only guys that can really take advantage of him are like that are the the elite ball handling big wings that can actually like post him up, like a Luca, like a LeBron, like a Kawhi. That's and that's it. Like. Because you're not going to switch Jokic on, like, yo, I mean, 
Yeah. Jokic will score on him, but like they're well, they're not going to. LeBron did get squished on to Jokic in the game four, by the way, and we saw what happened. Anyway, so. yeah, he liked to shoot the shots. Uh, that's that's what he that's what he did. Um, number four for me, I have Luca yeah, on, on my top ten. Like, I I give him a pass for this regular season with the Mavericks. Mm-hmm. We're going to see what I, I I caught a lot of flack from from Dallas fans for ranking them as the eleventh best team in the Western Conference, where it currently stands right now. Uh, we're gonna find out. Like we're we're gonna we're gonna see what it. Cause I, I, you, you can't always be. You, you just finished eleventh in the regular right. season, but and and that's. I think a lot of people are, are holding him against that, but their roster sucked. Like, yeah. and and it still isn't good. But we're we're gonna figure out what he can do. Can he have his Jokic elevation, like kind of but elevating everybody too, around bro. him after that All Star break? Luca fell off. Like I think he yeah. personal stuff, but I think his defense was terrible. Like I'm tired. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it was a lot. Got got to go with that that Jokic uh, Jokic boot camp. Like get getting into shape, getting skinny, and and we'll, we'll see whether he can do it. But I I still I still think of him as that top tier talent. Like if if you run into him in the playoffs, you're you're scared as hell. We're we're gonna do that in our in our playoff rankings. I think that right. that'll be that'll be an interesting convo. Um, yeah, so I got Luca at four two. I think Luca. You know, it's funny. Nick Wright. You know, he was before the season even then saying Luca's the best offensive player in basketball. I said I just don't know how you can be that if you can't play off ball. But anyway, that's a whole other discussion. Um, you know, and the best vindication have been him putting Luca in his top fifty players the last fifty years when Luke and it was projection for Luca, and then like having to sneak Jokic from not on the list to being at twenty for the actual basketball he's played. <laughs> been great vindication. Um, I think Luca's incredible. Uh, that 60 20 10 game he had versus nuts was the Knicks, yeah. And it was uh, like he he made that crazy buzzer beater too, like that was like off of the missed free throw, exactly. It was was unbelievable. He he needed a a recovery beer, yeah. Like that was insane, man. Uh, Luca is, I mean, that was right after Jokic's 43 27 uh, and uh, 10 game, I think, too. Yeah, it wasn't too far off, wild shit. Yeah, um, so Luca's incredible, bro. Like he's just—he's been doing this since he was 16 years old. So I love Luca. Luca's great. All right, here, here's the here's the definitive point: Is Kevin Durant the top five player for Swipe Up? Yes, he's top five. He's, he's right at five for me. Okay, okay, so, he's not at five for me. Yeah, so we're gonna—I have a feeling you're gonna put here, but I just think that you know this—you know—if we can have the conversation, uh, Kevin Durant was better in the playoff than your guy was uh, at five. <laughs> In the oh yeah, my guy. <laughs> yeah, and Kevin Durant been better in the playoffs than your guy that you have listed at five here. Uh, Kevin Durant was bad this year in the in the in the Nuggets series. Do you do you remember what he averaged in the Nuggets series? Thirty eight percent from the field. I'm pretty sure. But what what was his averages though? You remember what his like numbers were? It was I, not not really like twenty seven eight and eight or something like that. No, it was 31, 31 11 and five, and people said he didn't play well. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. It's like he didn't play well, but he had 31, 11, and five over the course of the series. Yeah, that's there's some expectations on that dude, man. Like that's that's one thing. Like uh, uh, low is definitely wrong for that. I think like the expectations that that man is held to versus what other guys are held to. Like your guy five, playoff. yeah, your guy five averaged 18, eight, and three over the first what, three games of the, the the playoff this year. And you know what Philly fans were saying, and I know who you have there, by the way. They yeah. were saying that's because he's being triple teamed. What do you oh, expect him to do? So he's averaging more tur- – by the way, Ryan, look it up right now. The person you have at five, look up what their turnovers were and their assists were. Turnovers and assists. Look it up right now. Look okay. at what it was in the, in the playoff this year. Turnovers and assists per game. 
the the player that I had, uh, which which I'm sure everybody has your guy, no idea. Definitely my guy. Uh, turnovers and assists. Uh, Three point nine turnovers and two point seven assists. <laughs> Man, am I am I gonna have to rethink this? Oh, <laughs> and then, by the way, your guy had 15 points in a game seven. 15 uh, yeah. on five of 18 shooting in a game seven. By the way, yeah. by the way, no, hold on, hold on, everybody in the comment section. This is Ryan's guy. We haven't even said his name yet. Ryan is standing up in front of the world and saying, "This is the fifth best player in the basketball." Right away. So, also in the regular season. By the way, y'all in the regular season two weeks before. The playoff when he, he had a, he already had a knee injury. That same guy had 52 points versus no Robert Williams and no Jalen Brown in the Boston Celtics. 52 points in the regular season game. And then in the second round, 15 on five of eight shooting in a game seven. And he was up 3-2 in the series. But this is Ryan's guy. Go ahead. Go ahead, Ryan. Go ahead. They, they just couldn't get him the ball, man. <laughs> they, he, he just, they couldn't get him the ball. <laughs> Who is it, Ryan? Say it. Say his name. Uh, it's Joel Embiid. <laughs> it's Joel Embiid, the, the fifth best player in the NBA. Uh, wow. Okay. Yeah, man. No, I I think I'm gonna. I, I'm actually gonna switch. This is uh. This is, this is bad. Like, he just won an MVP. He just won. He just won a pity MVP. Um, man. Shit. Okay. Yeah. No. I'm going KD. I'm going KD at five and Embiid at six. That's that's where that's where I'm gonna lay. Um, it's that's that's a tough one though because like you're right. The expectations for one guy have been so drastically different than the other. I do think that Embiid's defense was better than KD's. I do think that, but like KD, I actually was impressed with defensively against Denver. Like defense. I thought that he did some interesting things. Did you see like, the Celtics? Deep? Did you see the the 76ers defense versus the Celtics this year? Got it, but what? But, but, but hold on. Slam. Timeout. Timeout. <laughs> he he's anchored incredible defense. But Ryan, have we not learned through this playoff that defense is more than straight up rim protection when the big is in the paint? Mm-hmm. So when when Game Seven happened, so Ryan, walk me through this. We're gonna take it. We're gonna travel a timeline together. So let's go to Game Seven versus the Boston Celtics and Jason Tatum. So can you give me an understanding? Was Jason Tatum not switching on to Joel Embiid in space on yeah. multiple possessions and getting to the rim or hitting wide open drop three pointer because he's playing drop? Oh yeah, no, it was uh, it was a it was an absolute war <laughs> like that. That was they they were they were uh, it wasn't even really close. Like Tatum was was finding his mark and his mark happened to be one of the best defensive players in the league because he has weaknesses just like right. everybody else. And yeah. uh, that's that's a it's a great point. I I do think that. When I was doing a regular season versus playoff yeah, list, sure. I had Embiid as the second best regular season player because sure. I think what he what he adds to that group I think is really really important, and it, it got them to where they needed to go. Right. Um. But yeah, playoffs like he's not even on my honorable mention list for like top five plus three honorable mentions. Like he's he's not. He, I don't I don't know if he was a top ten playoff player this year. I don't think he was. I don't, I matter of fact, matter of fact, I don't. I genuinely don't know if he was a top fifteen playoff player relative to performance. Yeah, and then like when you have that now again, he the, the injuries like that's always a thing. But like you have to work that into your analysis now because it happens every damn year. So it's tough. Like I'm I'm trying to avoid the bias where I'm like, yeah, I would love to crap all over what, what he's your guy. What do you mean? You just had him at five. <laughs> 
No, I'm flipping that. I, I have I now have Kevin Durant at five and Embiid at six. That is, hey, hold on, that hold is on. A- people people your your computer might work uh, faster than mine. Can you look up uh, Kevin Durant's playoff stats this whole year, please? Because mine's acting super slow right now. His playoff stats this whole year. All right. Um, Kevin Durant's playoff stats for the year: twenty nine points. 8.7 rebounds, 5.5 assists, 3.5 turnovers, shot 48% from the field, 33% from three, 91 from the line. All right, and then versus the Nuggets, he averaged 30, 10, and 5. So, again, not 30, he wasn't 31. 30, 10, and 5 were yeah. his averages. And, again, he didn't shoot well. But this yeah. is what I mean. He averaged in the playoffs, in the playoffs, he averaged 29, 9, and 6 on – 48, 33, 92 splits, and people were cooking him. Look up yeah, now, was, now do this. Look up Joel and B's playoff numbers this year. Oh wait. <laughs> Just did. Uh Joel Embiid uh in nine playoff games averaged 23.7 points, 9.8 rebounds, 2.7 assists, 3.9 turnovers, 43% from the field, and 18% from three, 90% from the line. Yikes. A minus a minus ten from regular season to playoff score yes. on worse efficiency. So same volume, uh, worse efficiency, ten less points. I man, I you you swayed me. Like I, I'm with you. I'm with you. We got it. We gotta. We gotta adjust that line. That's that's definitely a thing. I do still have him at six. Like I'm not gonna yeah. bump him all the way down. Uh, but I do think that that's that's fair. Like well, that's a let, completely let, fair let argument. This. I'll go next. So I have a beat at six, but the, but this this is this is my my issue with this. Would you actually put? Would you in a playoff setting and when it matters most? Can you actually? Would you actually take Joel Embiid over Jason Tatum as a player? Um, I think that. Oh man, that's just oh. It's Honestly, like if you had to say that I, I need to build a team, and you're gonna say in a playoff setting when it matters most. Based on their past, their history, and their and their ability, would you take and beat over Tatum? I mean, Tatum has been to five conference finals in the last seven years. Like, I, I think I've got to take Tatum in that. Well, this, but so how much? So Tatum has been first team All NBA last two yeah. years. He averaged thirty. What was it? Thirty uh, eight and four this year. Yeah, the regular season. Like that. Yeah, pretty close. So, I mean. He was a top. What did what did Tatum finish in MVP voting? I think he was fourth. Yeah, he he's he's been top five in the last two years. But I'm saying he's only finishing fourth because of the three international big men. So, yeah. so this is this is what I'm asking, Ryan. So this is this is why I struggled here because I don't know if Embiid is actually that much better than Jason Tatum all around. Regular season, yeah, for sure, for sure. Regular season elevation, floor raising, sure. But at some point, Tatum has been the best player on at least four of those five Eastern Conference Finals runs. He was the best player going into the, the finals last year. And then he was better than Jalen Brown as well again this year. And he's better than Embiid again. They played against each other, Ryan. And in the playoff this year, Tatum averaged 27, 10 and a half in five on 46, 32, 88. It's better than Embiid. Like it, it just In 20 is. games. Yeah. Like, and, and that's, there's just a lot there. Now, it, 
we've seen Tatum have some pretty low totals. We've seen, we've seen him have some, some pretty poor performances in the playoffs too, but like he bounced back from those and he, and he showed up in a lot of different ways. And uh, do I think he, he definitely gets worse with some psychological warfare from a guy like Jimmy Butler? Sure. But like there's, there's still, there's still a lot there. So I'm, 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 I'm frustrated by that. Like this, this, this section of it, I think you could go in pretty much any difference, uh, any different order and still probably be pretty good. Yeah. But also, if Kawhi um, Leonard, if, if I didn't put him on my top 10 because of health, if he was healthy, I'd put him right at six, though. I that's it's a good point. And like I, I have him off of my top 10 as well. Let's let's round out the our top 10s uh, just right. to just to tell people I, you have you have Joel Embiid at six, six and you have Tatum Jason at seven. Tatum. I got Tatum at seven. I have Booker at seven <sighs> and Tatum at eight. Ooh. Oh, based off the regular season as well. Sheesh. Booker, Booker was pretty good in the regular season. No, he played like, 55 games, I think. So I mean, yeah, yeah, but like I mean, it was just it was an injury that, like, I mean, look, sometimes sometimes it happens. Like, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna totally like, like that's high. Like, look at what he did, man. I mean, he, he great. does show up in these playoffs. Like, I, I do believe that the elimination game thing, we're we're gonna we're gonna have to talk about it, but like 13 points a game in elimination games in playoff career. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, but like, is, is he a bigger like elimination game dropper than Embiid? Like, I don't know. Um, like they're, they're pretty close. Like they're, they're pretty close in that regard. So I, I have, I have him at seven. I have Tatum at eight. I have Jimmy Butler at nine and LeBron at 10. Wow. Yeah. I'm a little different. I got Embiid at six. I got Jason Tatum at seven. I got Anthony Davis at eight. Wow. I got LeBron James at nine and I got Devin Booker at 10. Sir, okay, sir, where is Anthony Davis? He's in that next tier, he's in that, that 11 to 15 range. Like, he's there, he's around there. But, like, look, we just watched what happens. Like, every- he was great in the playoff, right? Anthony, every other game, Davis, man. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> that dude, he was, he was great in the entire playoffs, not the entire play. Like, that's the thing, man. Like, he. But, but I'm saying, a but different like, standard by you. But his best asset, Jokic's best asset is playmaking. Yeah. Anthony Davis's best asset is the fact that he was the best defender in basketball in the playoffs. I agree. He was I great agree. defensively in every single game of the playoffs. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Like he, he. I mean, now Jokic did like do things to him that like are, are illegal. And All right. Well, Michael Jordan did that to Gary Payton. Is Gary Payton, <laughs> worst defender. That's that's true. That's true. Oh, um, by the way, I had I had I had Jimmy Butler at eleven. But yeah. the reason why I moved them all is because if Jimmy Butler was Jimmy Butler in round one through the playoffs, he might have been eight for me. But Jimmy Butler was only that Jimmy Butler for one round. And after that, he averaged like 20. Let me see. Matter of fact, let me look it up for Ryan because they played. <laughs> they played. Uh, let me see. Jimmy Butler. This. See, Jimmy Butler in the playoffs. He played 22 games. All right. Yeah, so, a lot. That's a lot of freaking game. I mean, I guess Jokic didn't play 20. All right, Jimmy Butler, let me see, last 17 games of the season. Let's see what they said. Yeah, Jimmy Butler averaged 23.8, 6.6, and 6.2 in the last uh, 17 games, which is, you know, a little bit worse than Jamal Murray. It's a little bit worse, but pretty good. 42, 31, 84. Yeah, I mean, he's a good defender, though. Like, he's he's not somebody that you're running from on that end, and – um, I, I think that, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard. Like he, he is also one of those guys that's kind of 
uh, he kind of wavers a little bit. Like LeBron, I think during this playoff run, the reason why I have Jimmy over him, like I've actually, you know what? Kind of just having seen those guys play. Right. LeBron was a monster and he was old. Yeah. That's, I mean, he wasn't good in the in the regular season though. Like I actually think that Jimmy was better than LeBron in the regular season. Like ah, he wasn't good in the re- bro. He he was great before he had that injury in January. Remember he tore, he heard a split. Remember he was averaging thirty six and five before that. Are you gonna hold it against Devin Booker though? For what? No, I didn't hold it against get, him. Didn't get injured in the regular season. <laughs> no, I mean I'm saying I got Devin Booker. I got Devin Booker where I had him though. I had I had Devin Booker at ten. But yeah, I, just, I, I think he's a better player now than LeBron. Yeah. Who Booker? Yeah. You're doing the Stephen A thing where you're like, are you insane? Like, no, I'm just I'm just I'm going through my brain. I think Devin Booker had a what was the first uh five, what was that? First five, not the first nine games of his playoff, historic. Yeah. Historic. And then as soon as game 10 and 11 now, <laughs> crashed. He got it, okay. There, there was there was some narratives that that he he hurt his foot, he hurt his ankle a little bit in, in that in that game five. But I'm not look. I'm not making excuses for him. He he had nine historic games and two horrible ones. That's that's perfectly reasonable. But look, I I think that that's why this back half of the top ten is so right. like it's so shaky because like you're you don't know what you're gonna get consistently from that group. I think with the top four. Jokic, Giannis, Curry, Luka, in, in whatever order you have. Like, you know what you're getting from those guys. And then 5 to 10, 5 to 12, 5 to 14, maybe. Like, you, you can make an argument for just about anybody. So, where, I, uh, where I, would I you heard, push, uh, let me ask you this. Where would you put uh, Shea Gilgis on your list right now? I, I'm going to say my, my 11 to 14 immediately after the guys that I had were Dame, Kawhi, Anthony Davis, and Shea. Okay. So I like, he's in that 11 to 14 tier. I had Jimmy Butler at 11, Kawhi Leonard at 12, Dame at 13, Shea at 14, and Donovan Mitchell at 15. Yeah, Donovan's a little bit lower. Um, like he, he's a little, like he's in that next tier for me, which includes Jamal Murray now, which is that's pretty cool. But where did you wait? Where do you have Jamal? I, I mean, I have him at like I just I kind of did groups. I didn't do the full numbers for okay. for outside of the top 10, but like in that tier, I had Ja, Jamal, PG, Trey, Fox, Mitchell, Bam, Jalen Brown, and Harden. <laughs> oh my god did you say paul george yeah i mean like yeah like is that that crazy is it that crazy <laughs> oh my god no i love paul george but this year paul george here wait i have a question for you yeah. um Brandon Ingram, do you think Ooh. is he in that that same tier with Jamal and Trey? Them, I don't think so. But like, I mean, it's it's at least close enough that I could I could argue either way for it. Like, I know that Paul George and him have very similar numbers. Like, that's that's definitely one thing. But I don't know. There were five seed this year, and like they, I were they disappointing? Yes. Was Kawhi I like Paul and, and, George again? I want Paul yeah. George in Denver. I just, you know, I'm just, you know, it's just, it's maybe it's injuries. I mean, it could be probably injuries, probably injuries. I, yeah. Now I will say people got on me last year. Uh, chat, by the way, I had him at 17 last year and he played 31 games. So I love Paul George and people laughed at me for that. I'm just saying, like, this year, you know, I, t- I always try to think about it like, okay, could 
could this person have like if I swap these guys within this tier, would that team have had the same results? And I, I think with PG, let's say you swap him with uh, with Jalen Brown, like do they still get to the Eastern Conference Finals? Yeah, probably. Like that's that's I I would probably say that they would. Let me let me hear this because I have some questions for you after this. Do your five playoff players that you have? Okay, uh, let's get to that one. Let me flip this over. Top five playoff players. I have number one, Jokic. Uh, I think that's fair after this season. I think that he deserves that talent. Uh, he deserves that crown. Number two is Curry. Number three is Luka. Number four is Jimmy. And number five is Giannis. Oh, this is overall. Oh, no, this is playoffs only. This playoffs? Oh, I, not, oh you're, you're talking about the 2023 playoffs? I'm talking yes, just yes. generally, like like who I consider playoffs. No, so who would be your five for this playoffs? Oh, this – okay. Um Jokic. Oh man, that's hard because I, I don't think I can say Jimmy like at, at number two. Like he was really close, but like he kind of fell off a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you could say Curry. I think you could still say Curry at two. He was great. He was great. Like just, just I, I know it didn't work. I think the rest of that team let him down. Like if I'm being honest, like I think he showed up in, in those moments, and the rest of the team let him down. Um, Booker, Jimmy, and Murray are the the three others that would be in my top five. Anthony Davis hater. I'm not. I'm, I'm done with it. First <laughs> off, the real top five players in the playoff this year, y'all. Oh, <laughs> it was Nikola Jokic, Gap, yeah, Devin, yeah. Devin Booker, yeah, Jamal Murray, yeah, Jimmy Butler. And Anthony Davis. <laughs> let me uh, let me just pull up these Steph Curry stats for you, so that you can. Uh, you were great, but Anthony Davis was better in the. They played against each other, by the way. Yeah, and like I think that you had all of those Lakers guys show up in that moment, and all the Warriors guys were just a little bit tired after struggling with the Kings. Steph Curry the- couldn't even get in the paint. Steph Steph had no room to get into the paint because none of their shooters could shoot. Like in the in the playoffs this year, he averaged thirty six and five. On 46, 36, and 80. Hey, hey, defense matters, Ryan. Stop being an offensive merchant. Defense matters. Look up Anthony Davis's stats for me. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, here we go. Anthony. Four Davis. stocks. Four stocks. Yeah, it's, it's, it was good. It was good. Don't get me wrong. Like, now he averaged 22, 14, 2.6 assists. Very, very low. Uh, but 1.4 steals and 3.1 blocks is insane. Like, that's, that's it- insane. How many how many assisted games did Akeem Olajuwon average? I probably more, but like I I don't know. <laughs> they, look, it was very close. Like I mean, I those guys Steph are Curry. doing I, good look, stuff. If you if you want to put Steph on this list, I, but I guess for me, I'm, I'm trying to think who I would take off. I'm not taking ED off. I mean, Devin because he only played in the second round and he fell off the last two games. But Devin, you know. By the way, uh, if you have to rank rank the four best players the Nuggets played against in the playoffs. Booker was the best. Booker was the best guy that they faced. I, I do believe that. Uh, he's the guy that I had the most respect for. Because mm. um, like, the thing about AD, man, is that 
every time Denver needed to like put him into like he could not guard Joker. Like they decided no. You, as as awesome as your stocks are, the one of the reasons why his stocks were so high was because neither the Golden State Warriors somehow or the Memphis Grizzlies could shoot, and they had to attack the paint. And they had all these teeny tiny little guys that couldn't really handle his size. And mm-hmm. Jokic could, and and like that was. That was a, a really, really big issue for them. So I think his, his stocks numbers are a little bit propped up. Like, but he had some great, I, I, he had great moments. But then when he faced the Nuggets, like, he couldn't stop anybody. That team couldn't stop anybody at all. Uh, that was the like, easiest time that Denver had scoring against any team. But I feel like that's a function of the Nuggets' offense versus their defense, though. But he is their defense. That's the point. It's like well, he wasn't at the rim. Neither was Bam, though. Yeah, because he couldn't handle what they like. At least with Bam, like look at what Bam did against against Jokic. Like he at least made him work. <laughs> they they held him. They held those Jokic guys. Destroyed down. Bam. They were playing help defense almost the entire series. They were, but they, they at least didn't have to take Bam off of him. Now they couldn't. They couldn't do that. But like, but they I wanted think. to. They tried. They put. They put Kevin Love on him at times. They just couldn't do it. Yeah, I mean that that there's there's a lack of optionality there for sure. But, at least Rui was um, big enough, and and then LeBron did a really good job yeah. at times. I think I think Booker's, old man strength. That is I think guy. Booker's at the top of the list. I will put Anthony Davis in my top four. I'm just not sure if he's two. Um, I think that I'd have Jimmy in that list. Uh, actually, well, because he he wasn't great against Denver. Like he was way better against the other guys. Right. Um. Anthony Edwards is in that that group. Incredible. He was yeah, he was he was incredible. great. He he showed up and, and deserves was a lot he, of credit. Was he the most difficult all around guard that they had to deal with? Like Booker would pull up game with was yeah, crazy. I think I think the most like he was certainly the most physically overwhelming player that Denver faced. And, and remember that step back on Aaron Gordon? I was just like, oh god. I was so irritated with AG at that moment. <laughs> I was like, he's going to step back. Uh, but, <laughs> like, come on. Um but no, like I, I think, yeah, you could you could probably make an argument. It's Devin Booker, Anthony Edwards, then one of LeBron or AD, and maybe the other, like as yeah. your top four. I think it's probably I think it's Booker. I think it's I would say Davis. I would say Anthony Edwards, and I would say LeBron. I just don't think Jimmy was like super effective. Like not at that point, but like again, he was he had just he, the ankle, I think, clearly rolling that and then just having to keep playing over and over and over again on it was pretty tough. Um, but he didn't show up in, in the way that that I thought that he would in, the, in that playoff run. But, like, by the way, this I don't know. The, like, the, the 2021 playoff was the worst matchup for Aaron Gordon because he played against Damian Lillard, uh, CJ McCollum, and then he played against Chris Paul and Booker. But this year was the best because he started off versus, you know, Cat really, and then he played Durant. And then he played LeBron and AD, and then he played Jimmy. Those are all players in his archetype. But I think if he has to play Steph, obviously that's a that's a different deal because you know. Yeah, I th- I think you're right about that. Um, but hey, man, like this is this is interesting. It's it's interesting to have this convo. I'm 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 happy that we uh I'm happy that this this ended up this way. Um, why does this matter? Why do why does why do rankings matter so much to you? And and why do you think this is valuable for for everybody to listen to? Yeah, I just think it's fun, man. Like I think when you get a chance to talk basketball with like your friends, like this stuff is important. You know, I think this stuff is important for conversations about. This helps you grow the game too. Like what what's most valuable about basketball? Because I think that's the Kevin Durant conversation. The reason he's not top three is because. At some point, you, you're limited as a scorer or as a pull-up shooter. So you need other things. 
I think playmaking, shooting, and shot creation are the three most important things to basketball. Jokic, playmaker, elite. Shot yeah. creation, elite. Shooting, elite. Steph Curry, elite playmaker, elite shot creator, elite shooter. Giannis is an elite, not the same level as him, elite playmaker for his position. Yeah. He's yeah. a good shot creator, meaning like shooting for other people and then for himself. Obviously, that's in the paint. Now, shooting is not great, but you take that down and then, hey, oh, by the way, he's an all-time level off-ball defender. You know, so you put that on him. And then Luka, shooting is good. Shot creation, great. Playmaking, great. And then even now you start to get into the other stuff. Kevin Durant, great pull-up shooter, great shot creator, not a great playmaker, very limited passer. So I think you can kind of tear off players. That's why LeBron and Jordan were so freaking unbelievable in their prime because you couldn't do anything. It didn't matter. <laughs> there was no hole in their game offensively, especially. So I think when you get a chance to start sorting through players, you learn about the things that are valuable. And then also you get to create why players are so effective or so ineffective at times. Jamal Murray, elite playmaker, elite shot maker, elite shooter. Uh, elite playmaker. Ooh. Playoffs? Sure. You, you know that he just averaged 10 assists a game in the finals. As yeah, the, only, like, the only other three guys to average 20 and 10 in the finals were LeBron James, Michael Jordan, and Magic Johnson. No. What are we doing? Sure, but that would you also say that that's, that's literally the best playmaking he's ever had in his career? It's true. He's it's the I think this is a new element. Like this is a new development right. for him. Like we're we're talking about him as a as a new level of playmaker now. And like in, in the regular season, that's I this is going to be it's going to be very interesting to see whether this is kind of the the elevation of Jamal and and whether he could even like crack this top ten conversation at some point would be very cool. Or if it's say, or if it's just like the peak, and and then we're we're never going to see this kind of version of him again. But I I just think like we're we're going to find out. Like that's that's going to be a fun one, and like there, there's a lot of guys I think you, that you could make this argument for, uh, just that that elite trio of skills that, that you're listing. But uh, we're going to find you out. Like, be a positive. You have, to, you have to be a positive defender. Cannot mm-hmm. be not positive. So, and he's he's uh, he's improving, I think, as he gets more right. healthy on that end. But like, I hope he gets back to the level that he was pre-injury because I think his pre-injury defense was actually really good. Do you think that uh, if he was in Devin Booker's situation, he could do what Devin Booker's doing from an efficiency scoring standpoint? I don't know because that that amount of volume is a lot. It's it's just a lot to put onto your shoulders, and I think Murray would have probably worn down uh, just just immediately coming off of the injury, but. Uh, you give him a little bit of time, you give him a little bit of space, and I think that he he at least has a great facsimile of it. If it's as good, probably not. But do you like, think that's, that's why, why I have ranked higher. Do you think that's why Booker is so bad is in elimination games? Could he gets worn down as the series goes on and playoffs? <laughs> I <laughs> I don't know. I I Well I'm saying, like who else is in the archetype? I think Anthony Edwards, as he gets I think as he gets older, yeah, he's gonna be one of those dudes that as the series goes on, he's kicking your tail. Because physically, he's so imposing. Like, he's so freaking – he's like Dwayne Wade. Remember Dwayne Wade in 06? <laughs> you think you're about to stop? To, no. He was going downhill over and over and over and over. And then he was hitting free throws. And then when he was hitting pull-up jumpers, plus being one of the best guard defenders in the league, yeah. that's why D-Wade was special. No, and I think I think uh, Edwards definitely has that case. So. Right. We're gonna we're gonna find out what he does. We're gonna find out whether he can get to that level or not. And I think he's he's very close. Um, he's probably gonna pass Jamal at some point, but not yet. Not yet. We're we're gonna hold on to that as 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 long as we can. Um, man, this was fun. This was a, this was a good combo. We uh, 
We went we went long, and that's well, we fine. did. We went just as long as we need to, chat, uh, <laughs> because he had he had he had uh, Joel and me to five over over <laughs> Kevin Durant. Oh gosh. Oh my gosh. Uh, what what you got? Uh, what you got going on for the for the rest of this week? Uh, so I'm about to record uh, with a uh, Lakers voice uh, right now um, at three thirty. Um, and then got some more episodes coming up. I want to talk about Jamal Murray. I really want to spend like some real time talking about Jamal because I think Jamal's elevated his station in the league more than anybody else. The Ringer has him at 16th in the NBA. Like, who would have thought? Wow. Like, in 2020, 2021, I had Jamal at 27 after the 48 game. I had him right next to Ben Simmons and Russell Westbrook. I thought he was playing that incredible. But Jamal has somehow etched himself into possibly being a top 16 to 17 player in the league. That's humongous. That's a huge, those are all NBA level players. So yeah. we need to talk about Jamal for sure. We're going to have that conversation. We're going to have some, some Jokic all time conversations at some point too. Uh, I know I'm going to get prepared for the free agency and trade period. That's about yep. to go down. Uh, so everybody like we're, we're going to talk to nuggets draft picks uh, tomorrow. And then I'm going to do a show after that. And I'm going to talk to Jake coin Broncos squatch. And yep. we're going to go through a lot of free agency and trade options for Denver. So if you are a Nuggets fan who's interested in all that, then let's uh, let's let's have that conversation for sure. Uh, but for everybody else, thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Oh, also, if you're a basketball fan, you're a WNBA fan, take your time to watch the Las Vegas Aces. I don't know if you know who they are, uh, yeah. but they're basically the 2016-17 Golden State Warriors all over again. They got they got Chelsea Gray, they got Jackie, they got freaking uh, Candace Parker, they got Agent Wilson, they got like uh, 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 Kelsey Plum coming off the. Their entire roster is all stars, and they're dominating right now. So definitely go watch them if you have a chance. Chelsea Gray pass last night was fire. Yeah. It was great mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, everybody, mm-hmm. like lots of great basketball content out right now. There's a lot of people that are doing it. Uh, make sure to follow Swipa. Make sure to follow me. Hit, uh, Give the like button on these two shows, uh, both on the Swipa Cam and the Mile High Sports channel. Would really appreciate that as well. Uh, we've got plenty of stuff coming up on both of our channels. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate all the love and support. We'll talk to you guys very soon.